Hello everyone, welcome to Steeler Country. I'm your host Tony and tonight we're talking about the Steelers week 2 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals 24-16 led by some big plays by their tight ends. Second and 10 for Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger fires, handled. Xavier Grimble. Touchdown. Fires, end zone. Jesse James. Touchdown Steelers. Let's talk about the play of those tight ends. I mean, there's been a lot of talk in the offseason about the loss of Heath Miller. What are the Steelers going to do at tight end? They signed Ladarius Green. He gets hurt. Uh, you know, Bill Barnwell wrote an article this week after week one about the biggest weaknesses on every team. And he said the Steelers' biggest weakness was tight end, which I'm shocked by because if you look at what Jesse James even did against Washington, you know, look, he's not Heath Miller. He's not Ladarius Green. He's not a superstar. But as I said last week, you don't need a team made up of just superstars. And Jesse James was very good against Washington. He proved himself to be a sure catcher, uh, someone that Ben could rely on. And if you look at what the Steelers have done in the past to exploit the Bengals' defense, it's really been gashing them with Heath Miller, finding Heath Miller uh, on early downs, on third down, just finding mm -hmm. Heath to make big catches, to make clutch catches. That's how they've really exploited Cincinnati's defense. And in this game, yes, there was a question about could Jesse James fill that role? Could he come up big in a big AFC North rivalry game, a game that's going to be played with a lot of intensity? There's a lot. There's there's revenge factor in this game, and who's going to come up big in this game? And you know what the Steelers did in this game, which I was very surprised by. I have to be honest, I was very surprised to see them use tight end by committee. All three tight ends had success on Sunday. It wasn't just Jesse James coming up with those big catches. Xavier Grimble had the the great touchdown, the catch and run. The catch and leap, really. He made that big play. Jesse James makes a big play in the back of the end zone, catching the ball over his head. This is a game in which the rain was coming down. The offense was sloppy. Ben couldn't really get going. He was off on his throws. A.B. couldn't find a rhythm with Ben, couldn't get open. Even when he could, he couldn't make the big play. They needed role players to step up. Jesse James stepped up. Xavier Grimble stepped up. Grimble's a guy who no one really thought was even going to be on the team after training camp. And he makes one of the biggest plays of the game, if not the biggest play of the game, with that 20-yard touchdown catch. Jesse James is becoming that sure-handed tight end that Heath Miller was his entire career. Again, he's not Heath Miller, but he's getting there. He's becoming that type of player. He made the big catch on the sideline. He made the one, that, like I said, the back of the end zone. Uh, you know, I've, I said this last week. You don't need a team made up of all superstars. You don't need Michael Jordan and LeBron James on the same team. Great teams are usually made up of a superstar and role players. A.B.'s our superstar. We know that. He's the superstar receiver. Eli Rogers is becoming that Wes Welker type, the fine space, convert the third down, exploited defense type of wide receiver. Jesse James becoming that sure-handed tight end. And now on the other side, we're finding out that Sammy Coates, who I said last week didn't have a great game. I wanted to see more out of him. I've seen more out of Sammy Coates. He had two humongous catches in this game and is really establishing himself now as becoming that deep threat. The deep threat we thought he could be out of college, he's becoming that. And he had a couple huge catches in an AFC North rivalry game against Cincinnati. This was not against, you know, the Jets or, or the Chiefs. This was a big game, a big moment, a game in which, like I said, Ben Roethlisberger couldn't get going, A.B. couldn't get going. They needed big momentum-shifting, field-position-changing plays, and they got that out of Sammy Coates. It wasn't a perfect game by Sammy at all. He's in Ben's interception. You could definitely blame that on Sammy Coates by stopping the route. I thought he, I thought 
He had a he had another catch that he could have made down the sideline. The one where Pac-Man almost intercepted it. He really had a step on Pac-Man. Ben just underthrew it. I thought Sammy had a very good game and is establishing himself as being a deep threat. Another thing this offense can now, you know, another another cap feather in the cap here. Um, we now have Eli Rogers, who look he didn't get involved a lot in this game. Ben said after the game he he wished he could have got Eli more involved. I think you will see Eli get more involved. This was, again, a game that Ben really never got his own rhythm going. Um, but, again, you, you now have Eli Rogers in this offense. You have Jesse James becoming the Heath Miller-esque player. Uh, you have Sammy Coates, the deep threat. And then A.B., you know, he will not have games like this. Look, he had that the, the drop in the middle of the field. You just you can't explain it. He never found his rhythm with Ben. When he was open, that fourth and five play, he makes a beautiful post route. He gets wide open. Ben can't. Ben, can, ben completely misses him, throws an interception, right? They needed to find role players to step up to make big plays in this game. And who filled that void? It was Sammy Coates. It was Jesse James. It was Xavier Grimble. And it was really D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo, he's so underrated. People forget how good he was last year in Bell's absence. You know, when, when Bell's suspension came out for this year, oh, he's going to be out four games and it got reduced to three. You know, people freaked out. Oh, no, we're not going to have Bell. This offense, what's it going to be? It's going to be the same thing it was last year with D'Angelo. Look, I I am as concerned about anyone that D'Angelo is reaching an age in which his performance is going to degrade. We know that, right? Running backs over 30 rapidly degrade in performance. And him getting 30-plus carries in this game doesn't make me happy because we do need a healthy D'Angelo down the stretch. But this was a game in which play calling was limited because of the rain. There had to be lots of running on early down. You didn't want to make a mistake. You didn't want to make that big turnover. And it wasn't the prettiest performance, but he got the job done. He had some nice catches out of the backfield. He he was wide open on the touchdown. And, I mean, overall, as an offense, this was not the prettiest performance. But they got the job done, and that's what you need to see. This is an AFC North division rivalry. I said it last week. This game could go in a very different direction if the Bengals come out with a ton of intensity and the Steelers don't match it, they will get blown out. And if you really look at what the offense did in this game, it wasn't pretty. Ben wasn't going. A.B. wasn't going. The, was the intensity there? You know, I just, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like it, right? And it was a game in which if the Bengals come out and, and they're playing, firing on all cylinders, it very easily could have been. It could have gone the other way. But the Steelers found those role players. They still found that way to win. That's what great teams do. If you're not playing well, but you still find that way to win, you still gut it out. You still have a guy like Sammy Coates making two game-changing plays. You still have Jesse James making a great touchdown catch. Xavier Grimble, a guy you've never heard of, making a great touchdown catch. That's what great teams do. And that's what this team, this Steeler team, is finding in themselves, is that they have those guys, guys who aren't big names, who aren't household names, but can go out there and make big plays in big moments. I do want to talk about the red zone offense really really quick because it was perfect. And by that, I mean they scored a touchdown in every red zone possession that they've had. Not just in this game, but they've done it all season. They had all three in this game, though. The three, tu- the three touchdowns that they scored, all in the red zone. That's huge. Because, like I said last week, this is a team that is built on, I'm going to score a touchdown, and you're going to score a field goal. And on offense, it starts by scoring in the red zone. And that's what this team did. And on the other side of the ball, you have to stop in the red zone. I mean, the Steelers lead the league in red zone defense right now. They've been absolutely terrific. Um, and they've been getting off the field on third down as well. They've only allowed like 27% of third downs to be converted. And they're doing this without a pass rush. You know, they're, they're really only rushing three and four. 
Uh, you know, they're dropping guys back. They're making QBs think. And I like that. I like that against Kirk Cousins. I said that last week. I think, you know, make Kirk Cousins think. Make him get out of his comfort zone a little bit. You know, he likes to throw those short passes. Let's make the tackle at the point of attack, and, and let's get off the field on third down. They've done that against Andy Dalton. Same thing. Like I Look, I came into this game, and I said I think the pass rush was going to be there. I thought this team would blitz a little bit. They would rush five. They would bring six at times, and they would get to Andy Dalton. They would make things happen. They went the exact opposite way. They didn't really blitz that much. They really only rushed four. They didn't get a ton of pressure. They didn't get. They got one sack, which was a complete BS sack. It was a zero-yard sack. Congratulations. You got a zero-yard sack. Um, but they had success, and they had success because I, they're making these quarterbacks think they're and they're getting them out of their comfort zone. When you, you know, when, what I like is you have a guy like James Harrison on the edge. You see James Harrison on the edge, you think he's going to blitz. Well, James Harrison has dropped into coverage more than any other outside linebacker on our team. And the Steelers rotate four outside linebackers a game. Jarvis Jones, Anthony Ciccolo, Arthur Motes, James Harrison. James Harrison, think about that for a second. James Harrison has dropped into coverage more than any of those other linebackers I talked about. That gets into a quarterback's head. When you see James Harrison, you think, that guy's rushing. That's the rusher. And when he drops into coverage, now all of a sudden, everything you thought about the defense the Steelers was playing has now just been thrown into whack. Okay, now James Harrison, okay, he's not blitzing. Great. What, what defense are they playing? And that's what the Steelers are doing to teams. And, and look, it's not like they're getting, they're, you know, they're shutting teams down. They're absolutely not shutting teams down. Andy Dalton was able to, to put up big, I think he had 390 yards. I think, you know, him and Cousins are both top five in passing yards in the NFL. But they're both 0-2 against the Steelers. And that's because this team has been able to be bend but don't break. Yes, you will get yards, but at some point you will make a mistake. We will get in your head. We will get a little bit of pressure. Or we'll make a big defensive play, and you'll get off the field, and you'll have to kick a field goal. And I go right to that red zone. I go right to the goal line stand. Right after those two pass interference calls, the crowd's booing. The, the refs have just made, I think, two terrible calls for pass interference. And they spot the Bengals on the one-yard line. The score is 17 to 6. If the Bengals the Bengals have an easy touchdown now, they all they have to do is go one yard, and this is back to being a ball game. 17-13. Your offense isn't playing well. It's raining. The conditions are against you. The Bengals think this is a revenge game. This is the moment. And what happens? Ryan Shazier makes an unbelievable play on first down. Uh, really an arm tackle to to get the guy down like a yard and a half back. They now they're at the three or the the two, whatever they were at, two and a half. Anyway, it was, long, it was long enough. They felt like they had to throw both downs. Um, Golden makes a good play to push the guy out of bounds. On second down, on third down, Dalton makes a bad play. That's what the Steelers are predicated on. Make a big play on first down. Second down, we make another big play. Third down, you're going to screw it up. That's what happened. And I'm not going to talk about was the guy's knee in bounds on, on second down. I don't care if his knee was in bounds. The ref said no. The scoreboard says no. If Marvin Lewis should have challenged it, great. If you want to hear more analysis on that or Tyler Boyd's fumble, go listen to Bengal Country. But I want to talk about guy, a guy like Robert Golden and the player that he's becoming. Because the Steelers, have last year they established Mike Mitchell as a very good safety on this team. And, and I know I hated on him two years ago, and, and I think for a good reason he was not a good safety. But last year, he really came into his own, a big hitter, someone who receivers do not want to be hit by, um, a guy who really will take your head off in a league in which you know that kind of play is kind of being legislated out. He's still in there doing it. Not getting flagged yet. I'm, I'm happy about that, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but Robert Golden right beside him now is becoming 
you know, kind of that safety that's all over the field. He's always around the ball. He's the bullet head. He's running around. He's making open field tackles. Um, he's stopping him on third down. He did that against the Redskins. He did that in this one. He's making plays uh, when the Steelers need it, and that's what you need out of that other safety. And now all of a sudden, the two safety that we the two safeties that we have uh, are all of a sudden they're really good, and no and no one's going to talk about it. No one, you're not going to hear on Sports Center. Oh, look how good Mike Mitchell's playing. Oh, look how good Robert Golden's playing. No one cares. No one cares about that. Uh, and it's because you know, they're not making the splash plays. But again, like I said on the offense, role players. Mike Mitchell fills a role. Robert Golden fills a role. They're not making splash plays. They're not making big plays. Uh, but you know what they did in this game? They shut down A.J. Green. Them and Ross Cockrell, who followed A.J. Green all over the field, they shut him down. He had two catches, 30 yards, but two, two, two catches, 39, whatever it was. He had a terrible game. He had a terrible game because Keith Butler came in with, an, with, with a game plan to shut down A.J. Green, and the players who were asked to fill those roles did them very well. And I'm talking about Ross Cockrell, Mike Mitchell, Robert Golden. This defense is playing really well. I'm not sure they can, yeah, look, they're playing really well right now. I'm not sure they can continue getting away with this. And you're giving up yards like this, you get in the 20. All of a sudden, teams start to figure you out in the red zone. And now, all of a sudden, what is your defense? But that hasn't happened yet. When it happens, I will certainly get on this podcast and we'll be talking about, you know, ways to fix this defense. But right now, I'm pretty happy with what I see because other teams aren't scoring when the Steelers' offense is. And it's winning football. Another guy we got to talk about is Ryan Shazier. Like I talked about on that goal line stand, Ryan Shazier is becoming the playmaker on this defense, the superstar on this defense. He's all over the field. There was talk in the going into the game. How's his knee going to be? It was questionable. Would he even play? I mean, he led the league, or excuse me, he led, led the team in tackles again, um, making plays all over the field, getting to Dalton. They lined him up at uh, on the edge sometimes as a rusher. Uh, and then dropped him back into coverage. They rushed him. I mean, you know, again, Butler's doing some creative things without blitzing, which is very interesting to me. Um, and I like it. And, and look, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if this can last, right? I don't know if, if you're – the inability to get to the quarterback, it bothers me because there aren't named players back there to back him up, right? Ross Cockrell is not – you know, he's not Richard Sherman. William Gay on the other side. You know, Mike Mitchell, look, he's not Troy Polamalu, and neither is Robert Golden. So you have a bunch of guys back there who really aren't playmakers. They're not stars. We're not shutting anybody down, but we're shutting them out, right? And so, look, at some point this thing might turn. If you can't get to the quarterback, if you're going to let a quarterback sit back there and all of a sudden we're playing Tom Brady in, in Week 7 or we're going to play against Aaron Rodgers or, or we're going to play against you know these top five quarterbacks, yeah, it could become a problem. But right now it's not, and I like what – I like. What Keith Butler's doing, and last year, look, he blitzed a lot, so I expect to see the blitz come back um, in a moment which Butler deems necessary. Right now, I'm totally okay with it. Oh, and we need to talk about Artie Burns as well, because I think Artie Burns has been very, very good. Um, you know, he played a lot in this game. He, he got some snaps. He played a lot in the dime. They didn't go to a lot of dime looks against Washington. They did in this game. And Artie Burns made a big play at the end of the half. I mean, th- there was a, a, a great... Uh, throw in the back of the end zone. Dalton makes a good throw. It's, it's right on the money, and Artie Burns is able to get a fingertip on it. He never per- look. He didn't have a perfect game like Sammy Coates. He made a mistake. He he was really responsible. Him and Sean Davis both responsible for the missed tackle on on Gio Bernard on his touchdown run, on his running catch. Um, but here's a guy. Here's a rookie who's seeing the field, and that's what I like the most. There's been a lot of talk about. Oh, Golson's out, and what are they going to do at nickel now? And are they going to move Burns 
out there, and then they're going to put Gay in the slot, or they're going to put Sean Davis there. And right now it's Sean Davis in the slot, and then in the dime, Gay goes to the slot, and, and Artie Burns plays cornerback. And that's awesome. That's awesome to see a rookie. Think about how many rookies are getting playing time. Think about how many young guys are getting playing time in this defense. Javon Hargrave is our starting nose tackle. Sean Davis is our starting nickel. Artie Burns comes in in the dime. Robert Golden, a guy who was a special teamer his entire career, is now our starting safety. This is a team that's playing, playing some young guys, and that's seeing success with that. Chicolo's out there at outside linebacker. Look, I'm not thrilled with our outside linebacker play altogether. I think we need to start seeing some, some rush. And, yes, I know we're only rushing four, but you shouldn't have to rush five in order to get pressure. You should be able to get pressure with four. And the Steelers right now have – not been able to do that. That's the worrying thing to me. That's the thing that if we're going to go forward and we're going to talk about what is the deficiency with this team, it's the ability to get pressure with four. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know if it's going to come from from Cam or Tua. I think those guys are certainly capable of it. They haven't done it yet. Is it Cam's ankle that's bothering him? Is it is it just you know the the off the, the line the offensive lines that he's been playing against? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But what I can tell you is that they got to start getting more pressure with four, and they probably. To me, they have to leave Jarvis Jones on the field a little longer. I know they want to do the rotation. Chicolo's not showing anything out there. What is Chicolo? What is Chicolo showing? Has, has anybody even seen 56? I mean, 56, he made a play. No, not really made a play. I understand he's young. I understand you want to get him playing time. You want you want to find that guy. You need to find that pass rusher. To me, it kind of it's it's you're on you're in a Jarvis Jones or bust type of situation. James Harrison's 38, 39, however old he is. Look, he's not going to be your 10 sack guy. Bud Dupree's on IR. Arthur Motes, yay, flashed in preseason. He is who we thought he was. You know, he's not He's not going to be a consistent pass rusher. So really, you're only left with, this is Jarvis Jones' contract year. He either comes through this year and emerges as a, as a good to great pass rusher, or he's off the team next year. I, I just don't know that he's going to be, we're going to keep an outside linebacker who's really only good against the run and kind of has that deficiency as a pass rusher. I don't think that that fits what Keith Butler wants to do. And so it's really, it's put up a shut up time for Jarvis. I think he's getting better. Look, and the reason I say put him out there is because I think he is getting better. I think he's our best outside linebacker right there right now, but they don't, they don't play him on every down and they don't, they rotate those, those guys out. You're starting to see Jarvis play a little more. I'd like to see him play even more. I'd like to see him be able to establish himself the way that they let Cockrell establish himself the way they're letting Robert Golden establish himself, the way that they let Tewitt establish himself a year ago or Cam early in his career. Let Jarvis Jones get some reps. Let him face different offensive lines. Look, and I know it's his fifth, his fourth year. I get that. But this is it. This is contract year. Guys play, guys play better in their contract year. They just do. Let's lead Jarvis Jones to it. Let's see if he can become that pass rusher. And then, you know, later in this year, week eight, week nine, we're going to get Bud back and hopefully, and, you know, Bud, I think, was everyone's like shining star. He was the one. He was going to be the, the next great Steeler pass rusher. You know, he's out for eight weeks, so it's got to be Jarvis at this point. Um, it hasn't come back to haunt the Steeler defense yet. It hasn't, and, and I'm not saying that it, it will this week either. But it's something to keep an eye on. All right, before we talk about the Eagles, I'd be remiss. remiss I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Jordan Berry and his performance. He was great. He was great. He pinned, pinned them, pinned the Bengals back inside their twenty almost the entire game. Uh, he was great, and, and every one of his punts, um, you know, landed, you know, inside inside the ten, inside the five. Um, he was fantastic, and in, in a game in which they needed him to be fantastic, because again, the offense wasn't playing well. Field position was definitely a factor in the game, especially with the way the weather was going. 
uh, and he was fantastic. And then Boswell made that field goal, again, in the rain, in, in sloppy conditions, makes a long field goal. Um, you know, that stuff matters. That stuff matters, and the special teams in this game um, was, was pretty good. All right, now let's talk about the Eagles. Let's talk about what the Steelers are going to face this week. Um, look, let's just be honest, Steelers fans. This is a loss. This is a loss coming up. Um, this is this is the kind of game that the Steelers lose, have lost, uh, and will they lose this one? I, you know, it feels like it. It feels like a loss, right? I mean, look, this feels like a loss. You look back at what this team did in 2014. Who were their losses against? The Bucks. They were terrible that year. The Jets. They were terrible that year. The Raiders. They're terrible. They they just they lose to these teams every once in a while. The Steelers have this tendency to play down to their opponent. And this is a special year for the Steelers. Look, this is a year where, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. The only thing between this team and the Super Bowl is injuries. And that injury hasn't happened yet. The Steelers came out of, out of that Bengal game with no significant injuries. But this is these are the kind of games the Steelers lose. They lose to the Eagles. The, a team that, look, the Eagles are playing well right now. Right, they they got a new coach. He's coaching up this this rookie Wentz really well. Wentz is playing very good football. They've found a rhythm on offense. I think they have they lead the league in point differential, um, and that's all well and good. And they're they're getting turnovers on defense. They're doing all the things that you'd want to see out of a, a team that is trying to make the make the jump from being a bad team to a good team, right? But they've done it against bad teams. It's not like they're beating the who's who in the NFL, right? They beat the Browns in week one. They beat the Bears in week two. I think the Steelers have a ton more talent. I think the Steelers should win this game. They can win this game. But the thing, the demon we're facing in this game is not the Philadelphia Eagles, not Carson Wentz, not, oh, how are they going to beat us? Are we going to give a bunch of yards to Sproles? Is Jordan Matthews going to have a big game? Is Ertz going to kill us? Are we going to turn the ball over a bunch? I'm not worried about a bunch of that stuff. You know, a lot has been made about Ben's four interceptions. Okay, I mean, if you look at Ben's four interceptions, great. The Eli Rogers one, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was an interception. Who cares? It's not his fault. Sammy Coates down the sideline, again, I don't really think that was Ben's fault. He threw the bad one, the one on fourth and five. That's like a punt. I mean, who cares? I mean, yes, he should have hit A.B. for a touchdown on that play. He doesn't. Pac-Man's dumb enough to pick it off. Great. It's like a punt. It was fourth and five. You don't want to intercept it 20 yards down the field. The demon we're facing in this game is playing bad teams and playing down to bad teams. We have to get over that. The most inexplicable loss that you cannot explain is last year's on-the-road loss to Ryan Mallett. And the Baltimore Ravens. And you're going to tell me, oh, no, Tony, that's, that's a rivalry game. The Ravens know us. You know, uh, Ben lost his Yeah, okay, fine. All, fine. It is a rivalry game. It was a road game. The Ravens were trying to ruin our season. But the Steelers, at that point in the season, that's week 16. They're coming off of a huge win over the Denver Broncos. A comeback win, an amazing performance uh, against the best defense of a ball. A team that would go on to win the Super Bowl. Now you have to go on the road. You're, you, now you control your own destiny for the playoffs. And the Bengals are slipping a little bit. Maybe you can win. You can maybe sneak in a division win. You can sneak in a division title if you win this game. 
and they just completely lay an egg on both sides of the ball. Defense didn't play terrible in that game. They only gave up 20 points, but they gave up drives. They, they gave up drives when they needed to get three and outs, when they needed to get the momentum back on the offense. They needed to get the offense more plays to find a rhythm, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't get off the field. Ryan Mount's driving down the field. Ben throws a couple interceptions in that game. It's just inexplicable. You cannot explain what happened in that game other than to say the Steelers just no-showed. They just played down to the Ravens. They played it. It was a 20 to 17. It was a close one. But it was just it was just blah. It was just nothing. Same thing with the Bucks 2 years ago. What what was happening in that game? The Bucks are are owing whatever going into that game. Everyone's again the Steelers are just going to blow them out. It's going to be a blowout. Not even going to be close. And then all of a sudden, the second half is like, holy crap, the Bucs are coming back. They scored a game-winning touchdown. How the hell did we lose to the Bucs? To the Bucs of all teams. But that's, what the, but that's the Steeler team that we cheer for. I can't explain it. You can't explain it. And I can't explain this game coming up. I can't sit here and, and give you X's and O reasons why the Steelers are going to lose. Maybe Carson Wentz chooses up. They, they find some way to beat us in the red zone. Ben throws a bunch more turnovers. Fine. All of that happens. None of that should happen. This is a team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that have a ton more talent than the Philadelphia Eagles. As long as Ben can get on the same page as A.B., and we already saw this in Washington, and it's not downpouring in Philly, those two should go off. Eli Rogers should be able to find his little spots in the, in, weak spots in the defense. Jesse James getting involved on those, on those first and second down plays like I talked about. Sammy Coates finding some deep balls. Wheaton's going to play in this game. You know, Let's see what he brings to the table. D'Angelo, he's playing very well. All he's got to do is continue playing that well. The defense, again, playing at a very high level. Shazier playing at a high level. Golden, Mitchell, Cockrell able to shut people down. Hayward into it. We haven't talked about the run defense that the Steelers had. The Steelers have shut everyone down in the run. And it's been another reason why this team has been so good in the red zone is because teams all of a sudden become one-dimensional. And we're shutting teams down in the running game and we're forcing them to become one-dimensional. I don't know how this team loses to the Eagles. I'm just here to tell you that when, when we do this podcast next Wednesday, I'm not going to sit here and be surprised when they do lose to the Eagles. So, look, I'm going to predict a Steeler win here. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the homer in me and say that the Steelers are going to win something like you know 34-10 to 10, like they should. Like this should just be a laugher. They should go to Philly, um, a short bus ride across the state, and, and get this one done. But the other part of me goes like, if this game ends 21-17 Eagles, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be shocked. This is what the Steelers do. This is how they lose. And, and, you know, for all the accolades that the Steelers are getting now, we're number one in the power ranking on NFL.com. Like, this team lays eggs. Like, they just do. You know, you watch, you watch the Patriots every week, and, you know, they don't have, oh, they don't have Brady against the Cardinals in Arizona. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, how are... How are the Cardinals going to blow this one? Because I know they will. Like, I know the Patriots. I know how they play. And I know the Cardinals. And I know how they play. The Cardinals lost to friggin' Landry Jones last year. Of course they're going to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo and Bill Belichick. That's definitely happening. And of course it did. You have to just look at trends. You have to look at trends in games like this. I, look, I can't explain to you how a team that was in the, a the NFC Championship game, the Arizona Cardinals, is going to play a, their home opener against a team without their without their quarterback, the best quarterback maybe of all time, and the best tight end in football. 
And they're still going to lose that game. How? How? What? How? But they do. Because that's who the Cardinals are. And the Steelers, for whatever reason, are the team that just loses the dumb one. That just The one that everyone goes, oh yeah, that's a sure one. Look at how good they played against the Redskins. Look at how they beat the Bengals. Well, the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they're going to beat the Eagles. No, no big deal. Oh, no. Oh, we lost that one. Yep. That's what I expect. All right, that's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The Twitter is twitter.com slash SteelerCountry at SteelerCountry. Facebook is facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast. And we will see you next week.